Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. There's news in the NFL today, and it's time to break it down in the only way we know how. Hot Rock Style. Oh, Johnny! With our spin on football headlines with a mix of frozen tundras. Let's be a cold weather team. Neck rolls. And grass-stained jerseys. The good old-fashioned guts was probably the biggest difference in the game. Welcome in, everybody, to uh, some really exciting kind of news and uh, a new show here on the on the channel. We're here with the wonderful Matthew Collar, who is a man of many talents. He's a writer, just put out a book about pro football focus. Uh, it's uh, called A Numbers Game, correct? I don't want to get that wrong. Yeah, football is a numbers game. It's uh, right over there. Behind there she you. is. There, there she, she is. is. Yep. Yep. Um, so definitely check out the book when it releases. But uh, Matthew also uh, is here kind of joining us slash me joining him for the Hot Routes podcast. Um, you, you've got four shows a week. And uh, everybody, if you enjoy this show, if you enjoy Matthew, definitely check out the Hot Routes uh, as well as the Vikings Purple Insider uh, on Substack. So um, we've got a great show here today. We're going to be doing this every Tuesday, by the way, at 5 p.m. Central. Uh, but kind of the the main idea for the show is to do like five heavy hitting NFL topics, whether it's relevant for that week's NFL um, news and, and subjects, uh, but also, you know, looking back on some of our favorite NFL moments as well. So just kind of mixing and matching some some great NFL talk and uh, welcome in everybody. It's going to be a fun one. The first topic we have today is something you, you brought up. You saw Charles McDonald of Yahoo sports was asking for everybody's kind of like genuinely shocking and off-putting hot takes, like the stuff that just makes people's blood boil. And uh, I, since you brought this topic up, I wanted to give you the first go at your, uh, your big takes. 
Yeah, and if you can find the thread on Twitter, uh, it it is disturbing some of the people's takes. Uh, that, that I mean, he asked for genuinely off-putting takes was the way he put it, and they really went to town. So if you can find that thread, go find it. But I thought, actually, this is perfect for us. This is a great way to start off our first Hot Routes show together, Marcus, is by talking about the things that will make us totally dislike each other because they are our football opinions that no one is going to appreciate. And I would like like to begin with the newly owned Washington Commanders who should be the Washington football team still that's not the off-putting take that one's obvious the Commanders is not a very good name but I'm with you on that here's one. my take I am buying Sam Howell Samson Howell Samuel Howell whatever it is he is my guy for this year to surprise to be the quarterback that everyone went Wait, Sam Howell threw 30 touchdowns, 10 picks, and led Washington to a pretty darn good season, and here is why. Because going into his final year at North Carolina, he was considered to be a potential top draft pick, and North Carolina had a horrible team that year. He had to do everything himself. He had to run all over the place. And I feel like the NFL just sort of said, you know what? I don't know. We're just kind of out. He's not that tall. Maybe he doesn't have the best physical attributes or whatever. But I like the guy's toughness. And I think that when a team sees a guy behind the scenes for an entire year and says, we're not even going to try to go after anyone else. We want to give this guy an opportunity. I tend to kind of believe them. Now, are they the most competent? Of course not. Is Ron Rivera the best coach in the league? No. But he has had some good quarterbacks along the way. So I'm not declaring that Sam Howell will be the next Tom Brady of a late round draft pick. But what if he does turn into a Dak Prescott, who is a fourth round pick? It is not impossible that someone who could be drafted later on becomes something. I think he's got a good arm. He's got enough mobility to make some plays. And he was my QB one. And then I was way off as the NFL said no to, to him multiple times all the way through. But I am going to stick with that prior. And I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ride this one with Sam Howell. Plus, they play Arizona in week one. Which to mm. me means that at least for one week, I'm going to be like, yeah, see, see everybody. I told you. So that, yeah. that's, that's my first <laughs> unpopular NFL opinion. I like it. I mean, there's so many things going on with him. Like the, the fact that he fell was just so mind numbing. Like, sure, third round going with like Willis and Corral and those guys, I could have seen it. But yeah, as he's slipping through the fourth and fifth round, it's like that dude's got way too much talent. You go back to, like you said, like the year before was way better and he's got a real chance. Now the, the kind of pushback would be like, yeah, that, like you said, they looked at him and they, they have confidence in him, but is it just reeking of desperation for a coach trying to save his job and an organization that really has no pressure on them to really be great this year? Cause uh, kind of everything's house money after they changed ownership. So it's kind of like, sure. Why not? But I, I love the take. I, I would buy that if you were trying to sell it on me great surrounding cast there as well. I'm going to go in a little more of a negative light and um, I'm going to keep it a little bit closer to home in the NFC North. And uh, <laughs> I'm going to say the bears end up drafting Caleb Williams with the first overall pick in the 2024 NFL draft. You know, Justin Fields, was a historically bad passer last year. And even if you add all of the rushing talent on top of the, um, uh, you know, all the rushing yards on top of his passing production, he was still one of the least productive quarterbacks in the NFL last year. And 
I think a lot of his issues at Ohio State have shown up um, at the NFL level where he, he struggles to get the ball out, struggle, uh, struggles to trust the, the structure of the offense. And if he's bad again, you're going to end up with a really bad Bears team because that is still arguably the worst defense in the NFL outside of maybe the other team you mentioned, Arizona. Um, and I just I, I don't see it from him as a passer. He's going to need massive leaps. You're basically counting on him to do what a guy like Jalen Hurts did, and I don't think that that is necessarily implied that that just automatically happens. So I'm going to say that Justin Fields doesn't take a great leap. The Bears end up with the number one pick and draft Caleb Williams, and that they don't even really get all that much for Justin Fields in return. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we are out of the gate here, aren't we? Uh, hey, you guys. said uh, blood so, boiling. <laughs> now, well, now, here's the question is how unpopular is this take? Because I feel like this has been the debate of the offseason. Are you a believer that a quarterback with his issues throwing the ball can take a step forward? And it's going to have to not be a step. It's really going to have to be like hop, skip, and a jump forward in order to be a good passer because his numbers were so horrendous. Now, if you're pre presenting the other side of this i mean number one is as far as his physical talent his issue throwing the ball is not physical talent because he was very accurate at ohio state and you see flashes of it throughout every game where he makes at least a handful of throws per game where you go oh okay like wow what a throw he's he's pretty accurate when he could set his feet and when someone's open and he sees them it's not like he's just flying footballs all over the place or, or throwing them in the dirt like Vince Young back in the day. I mean, it really is he can throw the ball. I think it's his eyes that are the problem where he locks onto his reads and he stays and he stays and he stays. And somebody brought this up, and I think it's totally right, that he had a lot of big-time throws that were exciting, but a lot of them were just because he stuck with the same guy and tried to fit it in a bad window, and then the, the guy might have made the catch or, or it might have been just accurate enough. That's not really a great way to play quarterback in the NFL. And I feel like if you can't see it really well, then you're going to have problems. And the only way it's going to be mitigated is by the scrambling where I would say this, this take may go too much on the temperature side is them being bad enough to draft Caleb Williams, because I think just on the strength of getting a receiver who could catch the ball, having a little better weapons and Oh, by the way, trying to win unlike last year that, they will be good enough to get to like six, even if his passing is just only a little bit better. I think it would have to actually be worse in order for them to be the worst team in the league. And part of that is just because Arizona is so freaking horrific. And, and there are a couple other teams that I think could be worse. But your point about the rest of the roster, let's have a look at the offensive line. That doesn't look very good. That's not going to help him. One wide receiver. I mean, are, do we think Chase Claypool is going to take some sort of step? Because I think that if you can't figure it out pretty quickly, I watched TJ Hawkinson figure out how to play football for a, a new team in one week. So I don't buy that you need an entire offseason and everything else from Chase Claypool. I don't think they're a very good football team. I would put them probably at like seven wins. But also, I, I mean, this is more I'm going to hedge a little because we have seen athletes be able to improve their throwing. So mm -hmm. that, that is one thing that I think if it's going to happen, it is because he's a very, very good athlete. And the guys that you can mention that have improved like Josh Allen and like uh, Jalen hurts, it is because their athleticism is at the very top of the game. But I tend to lean toward, it's not going to be the magic jump. It's going to be this mediocre jump where everyone gets to the end and goes, 
wait, did you guys think it was good? Did I think it was good? I don't like, do we won seven? Is that okay? What do and we that's do? Almost, I, think I think they're going to get stuck. And that's like worst case scenario too, is that they don't know. Like if he's just, you know, if he makes marginal improvements and he's like the 18th best quarterback and you're still kind of one foot in one foot out and you have maybe a couple high picks with a potential to maybe go get a quarterback that's like worst case scenario too. Like you'd rather, you'd rather he, he hits, which again, I'm not saying is impossible. Um, this is a hot take segment, but um, you know, you'd, you'd rather he either hits and you're balling out competing for the division or he sucks and you're in a, a peak position in what looks like a great quarterback class potentially coming up to, to draft one. Uh, Matthew, we were joking before we went live here that uh, you, you kind of first got into football in 1994, the year I was born, not to make you sound uh, super old or anything, but uh, I, I was curious if you have seen a hype train as big on a quarterback as there has been on Justin Fields, who was genuinely not good last year. That is a really good question. Uh, well, I feel like just throughout the history of the game, there is always this, but what if he just does this? I mean, you don't even have to go back to 1994, although back then it was different because a lot of quarterbacks actually developed and then got their jobs. So you knew they could kind of play like a Mark Brunel or something who was a backup for the Packers or uh, uh, Steve Young was, a, was an interesting example, actually, because he was the highest paid player ever in pro football history or something with his initial contract with the USFL, which wasn't actually what he made and the USFL fell apart. But it was like some huge groundbreaking breaking contract that he comes to the NFL and he, his, the expectations were so high when he went to the Tampa Bay Bucks. He was supposed mm -hmm. to turn that franchise around, be a superstar, and then it was a disaster there. And eventually, of course, he gets to San Francisco. He develops for a few years. He becomes an all-time great. And I think that in order to find these examples of guys who were legitimately bad early and then became really good, you have to go back a ways. This is sort of my anti Trey Lance thing. Like if a team bails this early or if it looks this bad, this early, it usually does not turn around. I mean, what Geno Smith many yeah. years later, we can, we can only find a handful of these examples ever. And I, you know, I think that that comes along though, with probably just one rationalization from fans. If it looks bad, but there's some hope. And I was in Buffalo with JP Lossman. JP Lossman had this like mediocre year, but had a couple of great throws down the field. And people were like, I don't know. Maybe he could, maybe he'll turn. And usually it doesn't. And, and that's why with this fields thing, the odds I think are very much not in his favor after those first couple of seasons. I wouldn't completely count it out because I was there and I saw him run for a 60 yard touchdown against the Vikings that got called back by an Amir Smith Marset hold. But when you see that type of speed, that type of athleticism, the arm strength, you do talk yourself into it. But even Sam Darnold, where the Jets fans were like, you know, I think last year he showed some flashes. Didn't they win like six or seven games? Everyone was like, you know, you just got to take that one more step. That, I mean, this yeah. has been done hundreds of times with every draft pick. So it's not, it's not unusual. And there are very few examples of a guy turning it around after a bad start, but not impossible. Absolutely. So speaking of unproven quarterbacks, that is our uh, next topic here on the show. And unless you had a, like a, another hot take that you were just like totally had to get out there. Uh, you know, there are uh, uh, just, just to throw in a, a quick one or two that I wrote down. Uh, number one is that new England will not finish last in the division 
that mm -hmm. they will be at least better than someone and maybe even in second place because I think Mac Jones with a real offensive coordinator and not Matt Patricia is going to be much better and I still trust Belichick on defense. I don't know how unpopular that is, but it seems like everyone thinks the Patriots are going to be awful and I don't, uh, yeah. that the Seattle that the Seattle Seahawks are going to win the NFC. That's my other one. Wow. That I okay. uh, that that one I don't think that's popular, but I think that Dallas will find a way to do something hilarious in the playoffs. It's very hard to repeat going to the Super Bowl for the Eagles. And I don't trust Brock Purdy to like stay healthy all year and actually mm -hmm. be as good as he looked last year. And then I think the Seahawks are kind of right there as the team to take the step as they've been drafting well. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm buying a little bit of Gino with his weapons. All right. Cool. It, it's funny. Like, this is our first show and we already have like a natural chemistry because you went all positive and I kind of went negative. <laughs> um, the other one I had written down was... Um, Again, I'm I'm going hot, hot, hot. I had the Bills miss the playoffs this year. Um, that uh, Von Miller is really unavailable for them, slash just not really able to get back. I mean, he's 35 years old, coming off his second career ACL injury. Uh, you know, Sean McDermott taking over defensive play calling. Maybe this is the last year for him, and um, that that the offense is is still really good, but in in a crazy AFC that uh, it's just not quite enough. And you know, maybe they're a nine win team that just fall short of the playoffs. So that was, that was the other one I had, I had written down. Um, yeah. One of your uh, commenters asks uh, about why Bro uh, not buying Brock Purdy, but Brian buying Geno Smith, because it's an unpopular opinion. Uh, that's why <laughs> Well, I, I think I, I honestly think that Purdy's sample size was so small that there have been many quarterbacks who had like a short run, but Geno Smith has been around longer. And I know that his step forward, but his step forward was for a full season, not just a couple games. Can I give mm -hmm. you one, one negative one since I was all Let's on the, this guy will be better than you think train. And I actually don't disagree with your Buffalo take. I feel like that is very possible that they start to slip back this year. Uh, I think the first head coach fired in the national football league will be Kevin Stefanski of the Cleveland Browns, that wow. they will start off slow that Deshaun Watson does not know how to throw a football anymore. And they have a lot of talent on that team. And if they go two and four, three and six, that they'll have a bad loss and their kooky owner will just be like, uh, we got to, we got to fire the coach. Cause you can't get rid of Deshaun. Yeah. Watson. I think that was my first thought when you said that was like, that would be a total Browns ownership thing to do is like, we all know they're the ones that really stepped in and made the Watson trade happen. Not that Stefanski was against the idea of it, but the idea of scapegoating Kevin Stefanski, if Deshaun Watson doesn't figure out uh, that's a, that's a really, really good thought. I could totally see that happening. So our next topic here for the show Again, out of five, this is, uh, if you're just tuning in, this is this is going to be a live show every Tuesday. We're, and the idea of this show is to hit on five big topics. And our second topic for today's show is going to be the unproven quarterbacks of the 2023 season. There's a lot of them this year, whether it's unproven journeymen, rookies. Uh, so we're, we're going to talk about who of those unproven quarterbacks has the best week one performance and uh do you mind if i start on this one all right um i'm gonna go with a guy that's getting a lot of actually uh negative energy here in the preseason and that's gonna be bryce young of the carolina panthers who i just want to double check they play i believe the falcons correct correct yep yes so um for number one i, I think this is what, you know, every, every preseason you get a couple of big 
like overreactions to preseason. And uh, I just, I think a, a lot of people have watched the Panthers preseason games and and they've had some offensive line hiccups. There hasn't been a lot of explosive plays. You know, did I watch Bryce Young and feel like there was a ton of like truly bad concerning play? No, not really. I mean, yeah, they had bad protection. They're, they're going to have some stuff to clean up. But as I previewed the Panthers for my my summer deep dive series, I, I like their offensive line. I think they got plenty of talent there. I think they have a really good coaching staff to to come in and, and get that stuff cleaned up against a Falcons pass rush that's one of the worst in the league. I mean, they have some veterans like Calais Campbell coming in there. <clears throat> excuse me. But really, no one tears, terrifies you off the edge. I, I think it's a a defense that Bryce Young can handle, and uh, I think he comes out with a with a good start. I absolutely loved him as a prospect. I thought he was clear cut QB one, and I think this was just a little bit of uh, sizeism or sizeist uh, people coming after him, trying to be right about him already out of the preseason. You know, it reminds me of like the opposite of um, when Daniel Jones came in and like balled out in his first preseason game and, and everyone's like, Oh my God, he's actually good. Kind of felt like the opposite on um, Bryce young. So I'm, I'm going to say that um, the Panthers come out, get, get off to a, you know, I, I've just heard so much negative energy that, Oh, they're not going to have enough weapons for him. It's going to be a, you know, he went to a bad situation. It's like, no, no, he didn't like they, this was a team that had the number nine pick that finished really strong. That has, in my opinion, a pretty good roster relative to where most number one picks end up because they did have to trade up to get them. And uh, yeah, they don't have a superstar receiver or anything, but um, you know, I, I think he's going to play well in week one. And, and really as the season goes on, I, I think he's going to uh, show why they had to give up, you know, a guy like DJ Moore and why it's still going to be worth it for him. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, well, I think that uh, the opponent is a big part of this. So mm -hmm. if you are facing like C.J. Stroud, poor C.J. Stroud, you have to go against the Baltimore Ravens in your first game. They're going to send all sorts of stuff at C.J. Stroud and make his life pretty miserable, I think, in his first week. But the Atlanta Falcons defense, someone has to point to me where it got a lot better than last year. It might be improved a little bit because they were absolutely miserable last season. But I think if you were picking out of 31 other defenses to face in week one, you would have them in your top five draft picks to take. Mm -hmm. I also think that we just in general, still as a society, see a thing in preseason and go, that's a real thing but it's not a real thing. Remember when Jamar chase could not catch a football in preseason <laughs> because was he was fun. like, I, I don't want to ever get hit. 
And well, is Jamar Chase going to be a bust because he dropped three passes in a preseason game? No, he's not. And, you know, they're not game planning in those games. They're not playing against defenses who are game planning. A lot of times they're putting guys out there around the, the, the quarterback, even who they want to see if they can play or see if they can make the roster. So I don't tend to watch and judge unless it confirms what I previously thought. No, I'm just kidding. But that seems to be the way that we do it, right? Like the people on, on Twitter screen grab some guy making a throw and go, I knew that this fifth round quarterback, I knew Aiden O'Connell was going to be good CCC. So that's what we like to do. I think when Bryce Young has a chance to game plan, this is where his strength really comes out. I think his strength is in his mind as much as it is his athleticism. And I think he's a very accurate passer. But if you're asking which guy could capture a game plan in week one and go out and play. I think it's him. Uh, I am most intrigued, of course, to see Anthony Richardson. And I think he's facing a little bit of an improved Jaguars defense, but not great. And mm -hmm. I think that we could be looking at 118 yards passing and 128 yards rushing for the, for, uh, for him, especially without Jonathan Taylor there and their rushing situation. I'm very interested, but I I'll say that I think, on the road at Soldier Field, before the Soldier Field slop happens in the fall and the winter, Jordan Love is going to have a pretty good first start. That's my guess, is that uh, I know this, this one will make you happy, but it's really because as much as, I mean, I cover the NFC North, and when I pulled up the roster for the Chicago Bears defense, I went, I don't, who are these where did these guys come from? I mean, there's just not a lot of recognizable names there. I think Watson will continue to get better. And I also think that Jordan Love, the best thing he's going to do is whatever Matt LaFleur tells him to do. I, I think that Aaron Rodgers didn't like to do what Matt LaFleur told him to do. And we're going to see that offense thrive with play actions, uh, you know, short passes and stuff like that. And then he's just got to hit a couple of deep balls against a bad Chicago Bears team. Will he be good for the entire season? That I don't know. But for week one, I would put my money down on Jordan Love being the unproven quarterback who has the best week. Yeah, you, you know I love this one, Matthew. Like this I, I don't remember it's it's a different type of hype as a as a Packers fan because you know we've had all these expectations to go and win a Super Bowl, but this really is like the week one that I've been the most excited for just because it there's so many unknowns. And on the other side of the ball, too, we already did the whole fields conversation. Um but I don't know if you knew this. I was a huge Jordan Love guy coming out. I actually, you know, regrettably so had him above Justin Herbert in that draft class. Um, and I had him above Tua as well. And it's like, okay, I finally get to find out, like, if if the player I saw at Utah State that I felt like had uh, not just great physical tools, but a ton of instincts to to make plays on the move and showed some of the, you know, that it factor that we're all looking for, the Burrow, the Mahomes, the Allen that can do these incredible plays He's got a lot of that in him, and I, I think the the youth of the offense is is going to be it's just going to lead to a lot of inconsistencies. Like you're going to get some drops from guys like Watson and Dobbs. You're going to have times where you've got like Musgraves in the wrong place, and you know all that all that kind of like young learning curve stuff. But man, the the youth and explosiveness too, like not just with Love, but the the the, the Packers haven't had this much just raw talent in the in the receiving room in a long time so uh yeah and, and you pointed out how bad that bears defense is too so it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a ton of fun i got um a a i tweeted the picture out of i, I just got an 85 inch tv shipped to the house uh costco memberships are a beautiful thing 
Um, but uh, I, I cannot wait to just sit back and relax and enjoy that game here this Sunday. Um, I do want to, I do want to kind of speed around another one um, because I was uh, talking about this with my wife and uh, we are just kind of going through the schedule and what we're looking forward to. She's a, a big bears fan, but uh, I was like, you know what I could just see is Baker Mayfield lights up the Vikings defense in a kind of classic like Minnesota sports disappointment week where the overreactions are crazy on both sides, where it's, okay, the Vikings are going to totally suck. And then they'll, they'll turn around and figure things out. It's just going to be a rough week. One of the new defense and a lot of young players. But on the other hand, it's going to be like Baker's back, man, former number one pick. He's got these receivers. Mike Evans had three touchdowns, like all this crazy hype. And then, you know, Baker's just going to fall off a cliff the rest of the year. <laughs> I can just totally see that playing out. I mean, I could too, because the Vikings are running out two very inexperienced corners to start. The only thing that I think will even it out a little bit is the fact that Brian Flores is going to blitz a ton. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that's really Baker Mayfield's strength. Like, I think that he's kind of a like poor man's Kirk or Jared Goff, where he needs to be set in the pocket. He needs to be running bootlegs. I'm not sure that I trust him to be at the line of scrimmage, just like directing traffic and everything else, mm. US Bank Stadium crowd and so forth. But they could also get very much smoked by those wide receivers, yeah. especially if Mike Evans gets a new contract, then he's going to be really excited. <laughs> I, and, you know, I, I mean, you're talking about Makai Blackman as a third round draft pick who is undersized who is the worst possible matchup in the entire universe for him. Since Calvin Johnson is retired, it's Mike Evans for somebody <laughs> who could just go jump over his body and make catches. I, yeah, I do. And uh, I think also week one out of all the weeks in the league outside of the last week of the season, when no one's playing starters is the most random than week one, where it's like, Every year, wasn't it one year, Carolina with Chris Winkie beat the Vikings and it was Chris Winkie's only win the entire season. And that was week <laughs> one. We saw this, uh, wasn't it Jackson, but didn't Jacksonville beat somebody, uh, maybe uh, the Colts or something early in the season. And then Jacksonville ends up losing every game and, and drafting Trevor Lawrence. So yeah, I, well, you the do Bears see last this. year beat the Niners in yes. week one. Yes. And you had the, the, exactly that one, I mean. one, that one Bears guy was like, uh, you know, calling everybody oh, wrong. Yeah. He's like, you really think we're going to finish one in 14? And then they actually did. <laughs> they did. I should give credit, though, by the way, we've been making fun of uh, Chicago's defense. They do have a halfway decent secondary. That's true. I just mm -hmm. think with someone like Jordan Love, what's going to cause an inexperienced quarterback the most problems is pressure. And mm -hmm. they probably can't get any. But, you know, they do They do have some good players in the secondary. So your your comment section is correct on that. Yeah. Absolutely. We, we try to educate the people here on this channel. So good work. Comment section. Um, cool. Do you want to move on to our, uh, our third segment here? Let's do it. All right. So this one, um, this one's going to be fun. And, and when I saw this, I was like, Oh, that's, that's different. I, I don't, my brain tends to just be very like structured and, you know, you know, real football, real football, real football. So when I saw this, I was like, okay, this will be a fun little mix up. And then I really enjoyed coming up with, uh, this segment, which is going to be writing like the most, why don't you explain this one? Cause, cause this was your idea. 
Well, first of all, Arian Foster was on a podcast and I couldn't tell if he was joking or not uh, toward the end of the season. And he said that the NFL is scripted and that every player gets their little NFL script. So Washington and their social media recently made fun of this and it's truly hilarious. One of their players went to his teammates and asked them what the script says. And so they were like, oh, look, I'm tearing my ACL in week five. And another guy is like, oh. You know, I pick, I pick up a fumble on the opening kickoff and run it for a touchdown. It was really, really funny. So I guess I was thinking between the NFL script that we think actually might happen, but also absurd things. If you could write it, like if you, if you had the power and Roger Goodell came to you and said, Marcus, this script thing is real and we love your channel on YouTube. So we want to give you an opportunity to write an NFL storyline, just like writers write for general hospital or days of our lives. So what storyline would you write if you had the chance? That's, that's the setup. All right. You want, you want me to start or you want to go first? Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. What's your script? So I, I went through the lens of like, so the, the AFC this year is, you know, best conference of all time ever. Right. You got like, I think what I have seven out of my top 10 teams were AFC teams, like eight, nine out of top 12, like, it's crazy how many good quarterbacks and great teams uh, have been built for, for this race. So I was trying to think of like, okay, we get to week one of the AFC playoffs. What is the most like crazy outcome we could see in that first weekend wildcard weekend. So I, I kind of came up with the three games that would, would be how I would write it out. So the first one is going to be Buffalo at Cincinnati the rematch of the DeMar Hamlin game, the rematch of, of, uh, you know, since he knocked Buffalo out last year. And uh, this one is uh, basically the week, the day before uh, the the game, one of the bills safeties, whether it was Micah Hyde or Jordan Poyer, uh, they get stuck in Buffalo in a blizzard because they stayed behind to, you know, maybe stay for the birth of their child or something like that. They get stuck and can't make it to Buffalo because they have a, you know, historic blizzard can't get out of town so Demar Hamlin ends up starting in the game and has a game-winning redemption pick six on Joe Burrow in uh, our first matchup there um, the second game is going to be the Miami Dolphins at the New York Jets but we have to rewind about 10 weeks before where Tua has another head scare and the Dolphins are scrambling for a quarterback they lose a game with Mike White and Tom Brady comes out of retirement, finishes the year for the Miami Dolphins, ends up playing against Aaron Rodgers, the interdivisional battle there in New York. And in this game, the Jets defense that had ranked number one all year completely falls apart. The Dolphins win 58 to 14. Dalvin Cook fumbles four times. Aaron Rodgers has two interceptions batted at the line. And uh, Tom Brady's playoff luck lives on. Uh, in in Miami so that's that matchup and then I, I you know I struggled to think of a a a third one here that would have been just like truly unthinkable um so the most unimaginable thing I could think of is how can we get Derek Carr to actually win a playoff game so the New Orleans Saints start like one and eight and one of the other quarterbacks goes down for a good team maybe it's the Chargers or the Chiefs or something uh and they they find a way to acquire Derek Carr and uh he finally wins a playoff game somehow in the NFL, which which to me seems impossible. But uh, here in, in this world, it's going to happen. That third one is the least plausible of all of those things. Um, no, you know, I have to tell you, 
on my NFL script, I had Brady coming back as a 49er. <laughs> I, I had the same, I had the same exact thing except for yeah. as a 49er. So I'll throw that one out and uh, okay, Brady could come back and play for the Dolphins. Although <laughs> I think he is like, isn't he like a part owner of the Raiders now? So maybe it has to be the the Raiders as part of the NFL script. So yeah, I don't know if that, I, it may have fallen through. I don't know. I don't know if that was official. Oh, and it, did he actually not do that? I know he's a part of the Las Vegas Aces, the WNBA mm-hmm. team is is there. So he's already working with their owner who owns the Raiders as well. But I, I don't know. I didn't keep tabs on that. Yeah. I think uh, it's but, gonna happen eventually. But that's yeah, I even Brady's joking about it. Like it's gonna happen that Brady comes out of retirement to play just one playoff game. So here's what I've got. The Dallas Cowboys are famous for their meltdowns in the playoffs. Dak keeps getting to the postseason, keeps not winning. So this time they are at the NFC championship game. They have the best roster in football and they get down 14 points. Dak hits his hand on a helmet, throwing the ball and Trey Lance comes off the bench (laughs) against the San Francisco 49ers and doesn't does not complete any passes, but runs for 200 yards on the ground In a and Colin beats Kaepernick the 49ers. Exactly. Beats the 49ers <laughs> to go to the Super Bowl. And uh, Trey Lance will be your Super Bowl starting quarterback after winning the NFC championship. Uh, here's my other one. Bill's Lions Super Bowl. That's that's it. That's it. The two most cursed, long struggling teams. They just end up in the Super Bowl. And it's a beautiful script. And the Bills win it with a 47-yard field goal that goes through the goalposts as opposed to wide right, which happened in 1991. <laughs> I mean, I, I, at, so, at some point, these cursed franchises, the Vikings, the Chargers, the Bills, the Lions, they can only be good for so long before they have this happen. And eventually, I, I think it's going to come to fruition. So if I was writing the script, I would give the Super Bowl matchup to two teams that have been long horrendously tortured with the worst possible things happening to their franchise forever. I love it. Especially the Trey Lance one. That would be, can you imagine the discourse over the off season, especially if it was like a five quarters, like you described, where it was like, yeah, it looked really cool, but it's not enough to like, for sure, move on from Dak. The, uh, the off season discourse would be just unbelievable between that. Uh, Once upon a time, Uh, There was a discussion on television of should the Patriots move on from Tom Brady because Matt Castle just had a very good season and Matt Castle is cheaper. So that that really happened. It would there would absolutely be people who said time to move on from Dak if Trey Lance had to come off the bench and win a single playoff game. That would definitely happen. Yeah. And and reminiscent of uh, when Dak overtook Romo, too. Um. Okay, so let's let's get to segment number four here, and this is going to be we're gonna we're gonna snake draft the first week of of NFL games, and we're gonna, we each get three picks, uh, and this is just kind of here to highlight some of the most anticipated matchups for the weekend, some of the things we're looking for here. Uh, I will uh, give you the choice if you'd rather go first or if you want the the back to back. I'll go first. I'm good okay. at that. All right. I'm going to pick a very obvious game. The first game football's back, everybody. And it's a good one. I mean, lions and chiefs. And if Travis Kelsey can't play, we'll see what happened to his knee. But if he can't play evens things out a little bit, this has been the off season of hype for the Detroit lions. It's through the roof, the expectations for them. I mean, when was the last time 
I'm sure a historian would have to dig this up, that the Lions got the first billing. The, the first primetime game goes to Detroit. What, like 1996 would have been the last time they had a team that was that anticipated. So uh, I, I love that matchup. I love seeing Mahomes in prime time. It's just great. But also that Detroit offense is nothing to write or to write off. And without Chris Jones to pressure the quarterback, I think Jared Goff's going to have a, a good game. So I will just select the first game. Plus, I mean, we're all going to be watching the entire United mm-hmm. States all together at once. It's just going to be a fun time to have football back. So that is my first pick. It And it's it this, the lion's hype too, is like, it's, it's, you've seen it kind of come full circle a little bit too. Like I feel like early off seasons, like lions, lions, lions. But now as we've gotten closer, it seems to be chilling out a little bit. People are like, hold on. The Vikes are pretty good. Packers got a good roster. Who knows what Justin Fields is going to do. And to me, I mean, you look at like Jamison Williams, not going to be available for the first six weeks. And he doesn't sound like he's really come along all that well. They've put so much on him to be their entire vertical passing game. Really? Amon Ross St. Brown's great, but you know, how, how, how much does he expand the offense and make this, this dynamic, sustainable group like that? Um, and, and they're another defense that I look at them, you know, how they performed last year, what they are on paper. And it's, it's so unproven. So that's really, I, I think, you know, that matchup right there, Mahomes against the Lions defense, even if Kelsey can't go, can they hold up against really the best offense in the NFL? So it, they're they're getting tested right away. It's it's going to be a ton of fun. Um, for my first pick, I, I gotta I gotta take the Packers Bears. I just gotta. I mean, I I don't think that's a biased pick or anything. I mean, the 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 I guess I don't want to overuse the word hype, but like really the the stakes of this game for what it could mean for the future of the NFC North are are amazing. And it's you know you have Jordan Love has been with the Packers for four years now. He, he doesn't have a ton of excuses like he's still young in terms of playing time, but like you would expect he's going to look pretty good. And if he, you know, it doesn't, you know, you, you might feel like he's maybe not um, it for for the Packers and then fields like he has absolutely no excuses, has the playing time. They've put everything around him. Um, and then you have the dynamic of like the, the Packers defense as well. They've, there's been talk about them making some schematic changes. They've they really did the whole you know, you covering the Vikings, you saw firsthand with with Ed Donatel's defense, the kind of, you know, squishy, free allow free releases, bend, don't break. The Packers did that last year, and it was it was tough to watch. Um, do they do they look themselves in the mirror and, and try to adjust course a little bit? Because the roster talent there is insane to really make fields look bad in that game. And, and I would be really disappointed as a Packers fan if the defense doesn't have a great game against that offense. So there's, there's so many things working. What, what is the bears defense? What kind of steps do they take? They have a defensive head coach that you expect to see some strides from some of the young talent there. So uh, I think that that's gotta be one of the best matchups of, of the entire weekend. And then I think for my next one, I'm going to go dolphins chargers. No, 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 no. Forgot about Monday night football bills, jets got to be bills jets aaron Rodgers, um you know going to the jets that's been well documented over the summer i i got the jersey here i'm a i'm a big rogers guy i'm i'm you know definitely pulling for them to be one of those elite teams in the nfl and and i've throughout this show i've i've kind of talked about some of my hesitations with the bills this year too so you know i've got questions about what their pass rush can look like without von miller 
Um, you know, how do they use Dalton Kincaid, their first round pick? Does that open up the offense a little bit? You got uh, James Cook, too, and, and what that run game is going to look like. A lot of questions in Buffalo this year uh, that I think we're going to get some answers against one of the best defenses in the NFL on Monday Night Football. Yeah, I mean, I'm really interested, like everybody else is, to see the Jets. What I, One thing I try to do, and we have used the word hype a lot, because it's right before week one. So, yeah, it's hype. Uh, you know, every, uh, everybody's had like eight months to hype. But when you go and get Aaron Rodgers, it's just a different level that it gets turned up to. And so what I've tried to do is like block out any of the Jets discourse outside of following a couple of their beat reporters to get the day-to-day stuff. So I don't get angry at it like stop (laughs) talking about the jets like i've had enough right so i'm trying to avoid that and let my intrigue still live for them i think robert sala is a very very good defensive head coach and even last year i mean the fact that they were right in that race considering their quarterback play i think says a lot about him as a head coach the one thing about aaron Rodgers is like how much strange tea and weird things has this guy done to his body? Like, is he the same Aaron (laughs) Rodgers? Because he doesn't look as explosive as he used to be. And I know he's old, but a major part of his game was going off script, you know, making plays with his feet, uh, evading the rush and things like that. Can he still do that? Uh, Is he going to sit in the pocket and just deliver passes to Garrett Wilson, which he probably can, but is he going to follow the offense is uh, the script or is he going to kind of just decide halfway through the season? He doesn't like it and he's going to do whatever he wants, or is he going to quit halfway and go live in a tree? Like, I don't know. Like he's he's very unpredictable. Very unpredictable. I I think those criticisms are very fair, but I will say, I mean, and and you never know, but it really does feel like he's bought back in. You look at, I mean, out the gate, he cuts his hair. He's, you know, he's showing up in May or whatever for practice, like working with the young receivers. He didn't do any of that in Green Bay. He played in a preseason game for the first time in like eight years. He took a he took a fucking pay cut. He never did that for for Green Bay. So like that's that like that to me says he has a chip on his shoulder to prove that you know, Green Bay made a mistake for, you know, drafting Jordan Love for giving up for, for giving up on him. Cause I, I think if, if the Packers did stand by Rodgers, we'd be talking about them very differently um, in the NFC as a, as a potential Super Bowl team. I really do. Um, Cause last year was a bit of a transition season. So they really made that decision to kind of, you know, take one step back to take two steps forward and all that. Um, so I think Rodgers is mad about that. I think he wants to prove that he's not Brett Favre showing up, you know tapped out in in new york um so i i really think he's he's bought into to making this thing happen i think all that's fair but he has what i want which is about 25 pounds of weight loss from when (laughs) he was at his best he looks he looks skinnier he looks older so we're gonna see but i'm 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 very much in wait and see i'm not trying to make uh, our hot predictions were earlier I'm very much in wait and see in that mode. Uh, well, for me, it's an easy choice. Then uh, if you're picking that game is to go with the dolphins and chargers. Mm-hmm. This is the battle of two top draft picks, a battle of two offenses that should be really, really good. Two teams that have extremely high expectations and two head coaches that I think we should be not entirely sold on yet. Uh, I mean, I think people have decided that McDaniel is good. They decided that 
Brandon Staley knew what he was doing when he went for a few fourth downs in like the first two <laughs> weeks of the season a few years ago. And I haven't seen it since. I mean, it barely made the playoffs last year and then blew a what 27 point lead to the Jaguars. That's not very impressive. Uh, we talked about coaches who could get fired, like Brandon Staley's on that list. So this yeah. is two coaches who who are trying to prove themselves as well, and two teams that are kind of trying to say, like, hey, remember us? Like everyone's talking about the Bengals, the Chiefs, the Bills is sort of the, the big three mm -hmm. in the conference. But, you know, I think that these teams are both pretty competitive uh, as well. Do I get two picks here? Is that how this is getting done? Yep. You get two picks. Okay. Two picks. So my other one is 49ers Steelers. I am intrigued by Kenny Pickett year two in the second half of, of Kenny Pickett year one. I thought he really showed some stuff. Uh, I don't know about their offensive system. It doesn't look very good to me with Matt Canada as their offensive coordinator, but George Pickens, I think can be a beast. And I also kind of just like the moxie of, of yeah. Kenny Pickett. He seems like he's got some leadership ability and he can make some plays and uh, he's going to go up against Nick Bosa or not one heck of a defense uh, in San Francisco. So I think it's a great test. It's also home and side note, the best Jersey matchup of week one, 49ers Steelers, oh. two legendary uniforms going up against each other. Can I, can I offer a pushback? Are you going to say Packers bears for jerseys? Absolutely not. Um, okay. Okay. Yeah. All this right. one caught my eye immediately when you said that new Cardinals jerseys, commanders jerseys are really good. Don't like the, you know, commanders, but their jerseys yeah. themselves are really good. So if you want the more modern, more modern, you know, look, you would go that route. But yes, as a throwback, like the, you, you picture NFL, Niners, Steelers, I'm with you on that. Yep. I like that. And, uh, you know, Cowboys, Giants. I mean, it doesn't get any more like NFC East yeah. than that. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. And I did just have one comment on your on your Chargers pick. We actually get to see a healthy Chargers team play football, you know, for once for like a week <laughs> and then. And then it's all going to go to shit, but you know, it's going to be fun. Um, all right. So I have one more pick and uh, there's still some good ones on here. Um, I think I'm going to go with. Seems your uniform take is not popular, by the way, in the, yeah, the well, comments section. Hey, look, I, Arizona, if they're going, are they going with the all white? Like that's pretty snazzy. I, I think they're I think they're pretty clean. And I, I like the that kind of like all white with the white helmets. I, I this isn't Texans Ravens we're promoting for uniforms here. No, no, Texans that's the worst by Texans far. are due. Texans and uh Panthers, I think, are are very due. Um, okay, but my pick here is gonna be um the Bengals Browns. Now I, I hope Burrow plays. That would derail this pick pretty quickly. But uh, I, I think he'll go. Um, but I think, I mean, Deshaun Watson is the biggest X factor for the whole league. Like, and he doesn't even necessarily have to be what he used to be. If he's just like a, a mid quarterback, that Browns team is is absolutely stacked. And, you know, if he's the 14th best quarterback in the NFL, I think they'll be right there with all these AFC teams. But what if he gets, and, and what if he gets back to, what he was that kind of made him the, the guy that a team wanted to give a fully guaranteed contract and a bunch of first round picks. Um, I'm not going to say I'm cheering for that to happen, but uh, from an NFL analysis perspective, 
if he comes out and plays good against Luana Rumo's defense, it's going to be like, uh oh, <laughs> you know, the Browns are going to be really good this year. Legit. Yeah. Super Bowl contender. If, if Deshaun Watson goes back to what he was the year before he was suspended, it just, I don't know. I mean, maybe recency bias here, but also seeing some analysis of their training camp. It just doesn't look like that's the mm -hmm. case and we'll see, but they have everything else They, you know, they've got their top receiver. They've got a great running game. They've got an offensive line. That's been built up They're, They took half the Vikings defensive line to make a really you know good defense on that side of the ball. So uh, I guess they have a chance to sort of show us right off the bat. Is this going to be a Deshaun Watson struggle while the rest of the team is good? Or is he going to be really good off the bat? And then we mm -hmm. all go, uh Oh, this could be, this could be ugly, especially for the broadcasts in the playoffs. Well, how do we explain where Deshaun Watson was without upsetting Roger Goodell and our TV partners? <laughs> I, my dog is like crying to go outside and the door is right here. So give me three seconds to uh, do that. While... If it, it wouldn't be a live show, if a dog was not, uh, uh, you know, interrupting, let me look and see if there was any that we missed for, uh, for good matchups, you know, Jaguars Colts, I'm kind of intrigued by just because of Anthony Richardson versus the Jaguars with expectations. So if I yeah. were drafting one more, that would have been my pick. Although, you know, Eagles Patriots could be kind of interesting or mm -hmm. I want I do want to see what Russell Wilson looks like with Sean Payton, even just yep. to start the season. It's a good slate. I think we did well for week one. Al Michaels can't complain. Yep. Yep. And they, they threw some of the lesser interesting teams together. So you can just kind of like put like Titan saints, like, all right, whatever. Um, you know, like, uh, Raiders, yeah. Raiders Broncos, I guess has some interest, but for the most part, it's probably, you know, pushed down a little bit. They, they did, they did a good job, um, putting these together. Um, but we've got one more topic here and, uh, this, this was kind of your concept. I'll let, I'll let you explain this segment. Well, uh, immaculate grid is great. And, uh, it's one of my favorite things to do. Mm -hmm. If I'm bored, I just pull it up. If, if you haven't gone to pro football reference and the way that it works is that you have these crossover players that played for many different teams. And so you've got like the bills and the Vikings, and you can fill in a player that played for both of those teams. So you would put like Gabe Northern, if you're me and try to be as rare as you possibly could. And then you get, you know, whatever it tells you your percentage of rarity. Everybody knows how this works at this point. So what I was interested in is quarterbacks who have played for both the teams that are matching up in week one, or as your banner says, Matt cupping. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, I'll get yeah, that fixed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but like, you know, these teams, these teams have great quarterback histories. There's, uh, I love journeyman quarterbacks. I think everybody does. Immaculate spelling is exactly right. So I went on the hunt, uh, racking my brain for what quarterbacks cross over with both the teams that are playing for these week one matchups. So who did you come up with? So I had the first one that really popped out to me. Um, just in terms of like a fascinating like story to to recap was Tyrod Taylor, who played for both the Texans and the Ravens. He actually uh, was initially drafted by the Ravens, uh, sixth round, and you know it just got me thinking back. Like he's one of these guys. I think of a lot of these like more mobile quarterbacks that were more of like spread oriented guys coming into the league, kind of in that turning of the tides before the NFL kind of caught up with the college game. 
Um, and it just made me think, like, could Tyra Taylor have been a Jalen Hurts or something like that, where he came in, wasn't great to start, but a team really, you know, believed in him, developed an offense around him and um, tapped into his athletic ability. And like, I mean, from a like a work, work ethic, leadership perspective, everybody in the NFL just swears by the, by this guy. It's why he's been in, you know, six NFL teams. He's still playing because um, he's like the perfect backup. But you know, he, he did make me think of like, what if he, he came into the league like eight years later, would he have been a second round pick that got a little bit more of an opportunity. And then just some of the crazy stuff that happened to him throughout the last few years, like 2017, he actually had the bills in position to be a playoff team. Um, and I went back to see like his PFF grading from that year. Cause he got benched for Nathan Peterman and Tyra Taylor, PFF grade in the eighties. and according to PFF was playing great. I think it's like 16 big time throws to eight turnover worthy plays. Like it looks like, you know, if you trust PFF grading, he was playing pretty damn good, but they bench him for Nathan Peterman who in his first start through like four first half interceptions. And I still, to this day, like actually defend Nathan Peterman. Cause I thought he was a decent prospect. And like, I think he gets way too much hate because of that moment. And I'm not saying he's a starter or anything, but he's still back up for the Bears like eight years later. Like he's got some talent, but um, it made me think of that. Obviously, the Bills did not make the right choice there, though. Um, and maybe what happens if he went on a playoff run for the Bills? Did he get would he get another opportunity there? It, it would. And then does Josh Allen ever become like the, you know, the the butterfly effect there w- would have been interesting. Um, and then just like the the punctured lung thing that happened with the Chargers, another situation where he had an opportunity uh, with that Chargers team in Herbert's rookie year and, you know, was set up to show what he could do and just a fluky classic like Chargers curse thing. I think he's either won a lawsuit with them or is still going on with that lawsuit where they basically screwed him out of an NFL job and a ton of money. Uh, so he's had a pretty crazy NFL career. Oh, he has. And uh, I was in Buffalo before I moved to Minnesota to cover the Vikings when Tyrod was there. And it was uh, exactly what happens with 500 quarterbacks who have some really good attributes, which is everyone fights about them constantly. And that was the thing about Tyrod Taylor is that he took a ton of sacks, but he could really throw a beautiful deep ball. And when he ran, he was super dynamic. So there was just enough weakness to make him more of a 500 quarterback, but just enough strength to make people buy into him as a quarterback. And he always graded really well by PFF, which made it kind of even more of a debate. Uh, But the thing is that with Tyrod is when you have to have a running offense around him and build everything off play action and deep shots, I think PFF maybe is a little biased toward those quarterbacks because it's like the volume game. You're you're bound to make more mistakes if you're throwing 700 times, but that also means your team wants to lean into you throwing 700 times because they trust you. So he would throw like 400 times. You get some big time throws and so forth. But I mean, a, a great story of someone who was drafted late and then has battled through a lot. Even in Cleveland, he won that starting job over Baker Mayfield and then had, I think, a couple of concussions or something that kept him out. So it's, mm-hmm. been, uh, it's been a bit of a rough ride for him. Uh, I'll give you a few for mine. Uh, we got Steve Bono played for both Pittsburgh and San Francisco. So if you got throwback fans, they will remember the great journeyman, Steve Bono, also a Viking at one point, also a chief at one point. And I had a couple of years with the chiefs where he was like a guy, uh, San Francisco he played with. So, uh, but I forgot, 
uh, for a bit that he played with Pittsburgh. So I was racking my brain like there's got to be somebody, Steve Bono. Uh, Kerry Collins was a Titan and a Saint. Kerry Collins is proof that anyone can have a 13 win season because he <laughs> threw for like 2000 yards and won 13 games for the Tennessee Titans. His New Orleans era is pretty forgettable. Brad Johnson and Josh Freeman played for the uh, Buccaneers and the Vikings. Mm -hmm. How about this for a poll? Bruce Gradkowski for Cleveland and Cincinnati. Uh, the, the, one of the ultimate like journeymen of the era yeah. played for just about everybody. Uh, uh, I will throw back to Tony Banks for Houston and Baltimore. And how about Matt Castle as a Detroit Lions backup and Kansas City starter? And uh, wow. of course, you know, so these are all, you know, of the matchups for this year or for uh, for this week. But uh, it, it'll be it'll be a very conflicted day for those quarterbacks, for Kerry Collins, for Tony Banks, for Matt Castle. Um, <laughs> but the great, some great quarterback history there. I, I feel like Kerry Collins was like one of the first quarterbacks I would have ever used in Madden and like what, like, oh, seven, oh, eight. Like, I feel like that's that's the first image that comes to my mind there. Is, is that the would that have been when he was with Tennessee, roughly? Uh, yeah, I think that was around that time because he just had that one year. It was uh, no, it might have been a little bit later because he was with the giant. Well, let's see. Yeah, I think yeah, that must be about it because he was with the Giants and then they got rid of him and then he went to the Titans and then he had like a little run with the Colts where he was part of the suck for luck. I believe oh, uh, yeah, great pull right. from uh, Colt McCoy playing for Arizona and Washington. Oh yeah. That's that would have been one. a really good one. Yeah. Um, a couple of other ones I had were, were Gardner Minshew. You got Jags Colts. That's a, that's another one that popped out to me. Still believe Gardner Minshew could be a, you know, a low level starter somewhere in the NFL just doesn't have the, the physical tools. Teams can always just kind of like run man coverage on him, And it's tough. Cause he can't make like a ton of tough tight window throws down the field. And he's not, quite athletic enough to, to beat you with his legs against man coverage. So that kind of was teams kind of figured that out and he, his efficiency fell off, but smart player, uh, gutsy player. Um, and then Jarrett Stidham just went from the Raider, uh, sorry, from, yeah, from the Raiders to the Broncos. That's our week one matchup there. Uh, he, there is a, a non-zero chance he plays this year. If, if Russ continues to stink it up, cause they gave him like $12 million, um, over a couple of years. And, um, I, I went back and looked, he was, Five-star recruit coming out uh, was the like the number one over like pocket passing quarterback, number two like mobile quarterback, or however rivals.com does it. But uh, yeah, I mean the, the tools are there. He just has never really put it uh, all together mentally. But you know, six years in the NFL, sometimes you learn some stuff. And and he's back in that, uh, or he was back in the Patriots offense and, and had one really good start against the Niners last year. So uh, not saying he's going to have a big year or anything, but someone to keep an eye on uh, as the year goes on. I'll toss out one more, one yeah. more legend that came to my mind as we were talking. Jim McMahon was a backup for the Packers and of course is a bears legend. And so I don't know how many bears uh, Packers quarterback crossovers there have been. Usually the Packers quarterbacks are good and the bears quarterbacks are bad. Uh, but Jim McMahon, the last great bears okay. quarterback I, was also briefly a Packer. I was trying to think of a Packers bears and I did not know that. So that's a good nugget to have. Um, this was a ton of fun, Matthew. I I'm really looking forward to this. Um, I hope everybody in the, in the chat enjoyed it as well. Again, we're going to be doing this every Tuesday, same time, five o'clock. So you, you know where to find us, you know, when to find us, uh, in the meantime, definitely go check out all of the other stuff. Um, Matthew's Matthew's doing, he's, he's got three other episodes of this very podcast, the hot route show, uh, his Vikings coverage, um, and, and, and get his book when it comes out. 
Um, as far as on, on my end is concerned, I will be dropping that next deep dive as soon as we are done here. So you guys, I can look forward to that. Anything else you want to say before we head out, Matthew? No, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, check out the hot routes on iTunes for the rest of the episodes. Uh, do that, and if you're a Vikings fan or at least mildly interesting or interested, Purple Insider Channel podcast, and uh, we'll probably try to promote the book every time. You have a copy, by the way, so I want to see do. you show up uh, behind you there at some point. Um, I, I will but, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, football is a numbers game. Pre-sales going on now. It's a deep dive into the analytics revolution in football. So very cool. This is great, man. I'm looking forward to all season, breaking things down in a kind of interesting and fun and weird way with you. Yeah, that was a blast. And uh, for you guys too, like um, once once this turns into a, a, a VOD, drop your comments on some some subjects and topics and stuff so we can uh, keep them in the, in the rotation and, and think about it as we come up with our, our big five every week. So... That's all we got. Thank you, everybody, for watching, and uh, we'll see you next time. Peace.